Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 146, episode two of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's share consciousness and say officially off the top, fuck the Koch brothers, fuck, fuck. Fox News, fuck. fuck Rush Limbaugh, fuck, fuck Buck. Sexton, fuck, fuck Tucker Sexton. Carlson. Fuck him Normally, too. I would say fuck Ben Shapiro, but he has given us. He's our he favorite has rapper. Bestowed upon us uh, <laughs> one of the one Blood of the great verses. Uh, the weave, you know, it wasn't it wasn't his original material, but the spin he put on it. I mean, it's was, the same way like how Jay would use a lot of Biggie lyrics in his right. raps, and like yeah. they felt like an homage, really. Right. And some people, you know, accuse him of straight lifting them, but I see them as an homage that Ben Shapiro was doing because he could be, you know, our next rock him. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking it's of even homages, hard to say out loud. <laughs> it's Tuesday, oh, no. August 11th, 2020. Uh, my name is Jack O'Brien, and my AK is a bit of an homage to my favorite rapper, <laughs> Mr. Ben Shapiro. Uh oh. Jack O'Brien, AKA. Close your eyes because these thighs are really white and pasty. At this point, it's no surprise I'm really white and pasty. Miles Gray got them calves, but I am white and pasty. Hold up, WAP stands for what? Okay, never mind, my bad. Uh, that is courtesy of Mr. Austin T. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, oh, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Well, you know I play FIFA in the night. Drink cold brew in the day. I like to run to pass the time. Welcome to the Daily Zide. Welcome to the Daily Zide. Okay, so I was meeting a little Ray Bubble on the organ. Uh, shout out to Johnny Davis. Wow. Uh, normally the trend, aka God. Oh, uh, yo, you and Christy Yamaguchi, man, uh, and, and Hannah Soltis might have to do battle because now you're creeping in the traditional AK game. Wow. I see you, I see you, and I see you. Cage match. And then <laughs> AK to fill out the final match. four, uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her name. It's been so damn long. But uh, our, our original, uh, the original AK goddess, whose name I'm drawing a blank on, uh, Chapman Rice will come There you in. go. Damn, yeah. see, You'll I hear, let you do You'll hear the intro thing, like, music coming in. Don't help him. Don't help him. He can yeah, do it. Yeah, he can exactly. do it. And you did. That's, and that's just how like I the am with said. my four-year-old. Yeah. You got to just, like the doctor just said. Let, him, let him answer it on his own. And then he'll he'll have something to feel proud about, uh, mm -hmm. which is also what the doctor told you. Yep. Uh, you got to give him some esteemable actions to give him, to help him build self-esteem. <laughs> uh, so just make him think uh, he got that. Okay, Even who's you this for now? Chapman you or Rice me? On the, <laughs> on the screen. Uh, anyways, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by the hilarious, the talented, the brilliant Joel Monique. Oh my gosh, you honor me. Hi guys, what's How up? How are you doing? Welcome. So good to, oh man. So good to talk to you on mic. <laughs> we talk so often off mic these days, but uh, yes. it's great to have you here. Often yeah. in a conference call with a yes. engaging or opening tune to just yeah. get everybody ready for the big call. It's coming. Oh yeah, exactly. God, oh, I, I usually I, I usually interrupt everything everyone sends and yeah, let's circle back to that. But uh, I wanted to. Um, yeah, I'm, like, I'm good yeah, at my I'm, job. I was like, Dude, Jack, I'll send you how I was struggling in quarantine. <laughs> but, uh, Do your right. listeners know that you're like full boss? Like, boss are they aware mode. that you go into like boss mode outside of the show? I, oh, I wear yeah, a suit the second the show's on? over and my selfie is taken. I get on 
uh, an '80s <laughs> suit. It's boxy. It's got shoulder pads. Go Gordon uh, Gecko over here. Yeah, <laughs> slick back my hair. Uh, <laughs> Classic. Classic. Uh, uh, Joel, how are you doing in quarantine? Uh, man, I got a hit show, so it's hard to complain. Man, uh, hey. I got good friends who take me to gardens randomly. <laughs> Went to this Where'd giant garden in Pasadena. Descanso? yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that Did you go to the thing magic- where they had the the speakers in the hidden in the trees? That was my favorite part, Miles. Yep. Yes. I get I, high and favorite- I walk through there, bro. You were talking about quarantine activities. That talking forest. <laughs> I popped some edibles. I was like, my friend's like, we're gonna go like up that big hill, and I was like, happy climbing. I'm gonna stay right down here in these lowlands with the trees and this like ethereal lady singing to me. And look at all the old couples in love. Oh my god! If you yeah. like old couple watching, that's the place to be. Yeah, a, a botanical garden is like the original Netflix and chill. It was like, right. I'd like to take you to a botanical garden. She's like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh God, <there> <laughs> I know what that Karen means. Moment, Uh-oh. Though. It was very scary. This Karen lady, she was there with her kids, and she was mad that the lady up front didn't remember her. And she's like, yeah, well, it's really hard to have a face mask. Like, we're not seeing a lot of people's faces, which I thought was the most legitimate excuse ever. And yeah. she was like, well, we're here every week. These are my kids. She named her children. It was just like, you know, we see you. We remember you. And I was like, wow, lady. Okay. Middle of a pandemic. This lady's probably getting $12 an hour. Can you just let her live her life? Yeah. Can, you don't no, remember my children? Garden. Descanso and Gardens? <laughs> <laughs> Named after this very establishment. I did it for a discount. Yeah, that it really is like one of the few, you know, I was, I have not been going to many places like patronizing businesses and physical space. But I was like, Botanical Garden felt like the one thing where it's basically like they reduce capacity. So you're basically walking through a park for money. Uh, right. And I was like, okay, that felt like the lowest stakes I can do to kind of get out there and like see some see some shit. So, yeah. I've only been for Christmas and they do a pretty good light show oh. type Yeah, thing. yeah, they do a great one. That made me wish I still. And look, a little bit more weed. affordable if you like the Huntington Gardens. You know, that's another one. That's mm-hmm. another bit of a flex over there. But, you know, to each their own, to each their own. It's like a people watching zoo, kind of. It's like yeah. a. Well, man, Huntington Gardens, they got the. Woo! The fucking strong Asian gardens. Like, like a Chinese pavilion in a Japanese area. And I'm like Ooh. taking my mom there and she's like in tears. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> but the culture. Other thing. Yeah. Asian moms love a botanical garden too. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. All right, uh, Joel. we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about how Trump, how fond Trump is of the executive order. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be the deal maker, but hasn't, hasn't gone that well. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of important conversations that non-fascists are losing to fascists. I want to talk about uh, how there will probably be no results on election night. Not even like we won't be able to quite call it yet, but like we might not have any results, according to the FEC commissioner. Uh, We're going to talk about Carol Baskin. We're going to check in with her, see what she has to say about the uh, WAP WAP. video. WAP. (laughs) She got Uh, takes, man. You know, glad. glad Yeah, we have our, you know, very important media critic, Carol Baskin, to, Mm. you know, Step into the fray. Does it have something to do with the fact that Kylie was rocking the leopard print? You'll see. We'll okay. get to it. You know, right. Carol's got that. She has thoughts on you know the verses. She thought Megan could have probably put a little more time into her verse. Apparently, yeah. Uh, a little look had a behind lot of the takes. Little look yeah. behind the curtain. Miles is our Carol Baskin correspondent. He yeah. he has his uh, ear 
to the streets on that beat. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk about Disney uh, and how their numbers have looked since they reopened. Uh, Mount Rushmore and what that's going to look like after Trump wins the 2020 election. All of that, plenty more. Oh. But first, Joel, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are? Yeah, uh, HP Lovecraft is all up in that B. I'm getting ready for Lovecraft Country, which is a black reimagining of a lot of HP Lovecraft stories set in uh, the American South. And Misha Green, who you may know from the Slave Show that was on UPN on something. Oh my goodness! Underground. It's yes, thank you. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, yeah. So Misha Green did Underground. She is amazing. Black female showrunner. Been working in the industry for a long time. Written on some of your favorite shows. Uh, I think she got her start on Breaking Bad, if memory serves. Super awesome human. It teamed up with Jordan Peele to do this horror anthology series. I'm covering it for the AV Club, so I've been like trying to become um, like an HP Lovecraft historian before Damn. the show drops on Sunday, which has been a daunting experience, but a lot of fun. Uh, luckily, audiobooks is available, so I don't have to actually read all of the books. I can read them through my ears, uh, mm -hmm. which is much faster and easier to take notes that way. And uh, kind of really enjoying the experience. Uh, besides his racist history and past, right, which, you know, I'm say. sure the show <laughs> yeah. the show is definitely going to take on it. Um, the man could write a book, man. It, all of his stuff comes from like a scientific journalist sort of like focus, and so it's all like deep and dark and scary, which is definitely my vibe. Um, and I've been reading a lot of like Mary Shelley before this, and so it's kind of interesting to get back into like the horror masters, the originators, and. See what that's about. Yeah. When I heard her say that this is like Get Out meets Lost or that Get Out and Lost <laughs> made this possible, I was like, yes, please. I will be doing that. Damn. My um, goosebumps just shot off my arm. <laughs> I can tell you've seen the first two episodes and whoa, it's so good. I'm it's really so good. It so yeah, far. people are saying it's so great. I'm excited. Um, <laughs> what's the other HBO show that's just coming to an end that is... There's like oh, so much. Oh, Perry Mason? Yeah, is that good? Oh, it's Jack. It's so good. Matthew Reese, who uh, people might know as the lead from The Americans, uh, plays the saddest man in the world. <laughs> Just a sad <laughs> guy making his way through LA. So very relatable. Um, but also it's got like, you know, TV used to have the rule where you like don't show the dead baby. Like if a baby dies, it's just like a mother's scream or like empty oh, right. bastonet or something. So right. they were like, here's a ba dead baby with its eyes sewn open, episode one. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> and that's the level of like drama you start off with. And it's a little, some people didn't like episode one because it's like very dark. So but much. Yeah. The emotional levels the show gets into by episode three are addictive. It's really, really good. Oof. Yeah. DB's in the pilot. Damn. <laughs> DBs, that, that is. We talk so much about dead babies around here uh, on the Daily Zeitgeist oh, no. like, that we just have to call them DBs. Like just notes, a lot of people pitch podcasts. Like this is not very interesting. It's very uh, violent. But yeah, it's interesting to always look at how like these remakes happen because I remember like the Perry Mason. Who was our Perry, Perry Mason? The the dude who had the white beard before. Like, Because I knew it was a black and white show before the one in the 80s, Perry Mason. Doesn't oh. matter, but I'm just, it's interesting to see how there's like every, you know, that there, these, this is another one of those uh, franchises that's like reiterating, but in like a Raymond like Burr, cool right? next level way. Is yeah. that Raymond Burr? And you, by our, you mean those of us who grew up in the 1950s? Is that, uh, no, I meant the, what is it, 85? When did that one start? Oh, 19, was there... December 1st, 1985. Oh, yeah, 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 y
Also, he came back. Oh, see, that's how ignorant I am about Perry Mason. I didn't even know it was Raymond Burr in the fucking 50s one. I knew nothing of Perry Mason (laughs) other than that when I saw one of the original Godzilla movies, uh, somebody was like, (laughs) you know, that's Perry Mason. And I just thought that Raymond Burr's name was Perry Mason. Um, Oh, shit. All right. Yeah. Shout so, out to Raymond Burr. Check out to the shout out to the local film scholar me. Um, <laughs> but it's it's real good. They decided to reboot it, and it's like super dark and fucked up. And Joel, did you watch a uh, plot against America? We yes. Wait, is, is that the one with the the David Simon based on Philip Roth's book about uh, if Lindbergh had like, yes? Was that yeah. any good? It was okay. good, like That's as you watch it. Moving on. So everything is underrated. Okay. What is something you think is overrated, Joel? Uh, ben Shapiro is overrated, except what? for when he does dramatic readings of rap Wait, songs. Who? Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro. Oh man. Yeah, the rapper, fucking Ben Rapiro. I mean, wow. Wow. It's the best dramatic reading I've heard in a long time. Someone likened it to like a 93 uh, poetry slam reading. And I got that vibe. I definitely did. He was very much articulating his words in a certain way to try to make you feel like what you were hearing was ugly instead of maybe one of the most beautiful songs ever written. Now, right. this okay. whole thing, his like analysis or whatever you want to call it, takedown of the mm. WAP video. What was his like? Gen- What's his end thesis essentially? What is the reason that this video had to be put in front of his audience? He is mad because, like many parents, he believes that all adults should be uh, good representatives for children, as opposed to just the human beings that they are. Uh, you know, Cardi B and Megan Stallion are not necessarily uh, for your nine-year-old. You can shield them from that level of entertainment. Yeah. But he was like, you know, this is what feminism is. This is what they want. And if you say anything else, they're going to get you. And it's like, Ben, I just want you to know that as a feminist, womanist person, I believe, believe that they have the right to do this, but that that should not be the definition of women. And that's all we're saying. But I mean, but there's some whores in this house. What is going on? <laughs> Okay, we'll just let's just play. A Should clip. we play a little bit of it? Yeah, because I like I saw everybody getting their jokes off, and I knew he had done it. But actually, hearing Ben Shapiro go through rap lyrics is really uh, its own thing. Here are some of the lyrics. You ready? <sighs> whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet ass p word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, you effing with some wet-ass P-word. P-word is female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet-ass P-word. Give me everything you got for this wet-ass P-word. Beat it up, N-word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P-word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P-word is wet. Come take a dive. Um, come take a dive. Um... (laughs) Hop on with your pullout game week. Ah, mm. It was it's funny because his face, he's almost like he's never heard someone's mouth get that nasty before. Right. So he's doing that thing where he's like, uh, get a mop. Oh my oh. god. Are they talking about Oh no? And do a kegel while it's inside? Park a Mack truck in your garage. Oh God. 
His poor wife, if that's how scared he is of the word pussy, like what must, I don't know, man. My that's... favorite person on Twitter was like, uh, yeah, Ben Shapiro has three kids, so this is proof that he's had sex at least as many times. Right. <laughs> Y'all are so mean and ridiculous, but also, uh... what a, oh man, I try to imagine being like, so bad. we want you to read all of these words out I mean, loud. I would have liked to have seen his very first reading of the lyrics. Right. He uh... probably fainted. Right. <laughs> like he, he oh, this is what happened. He, no, okay, you know what happened? The the video started trending on Twitter. So he looks at what's trending mm-hmm. and he goes, Okay, what's this? He checks it out. He cannot believe he sees it. But first the first time he watches it, he fucking he's loving it. He's like, Oh, oh fuck yeah. yeah, Megan. Oh my god, look at the titties are shooting water out <laughs> from the fountain. Ugh. And then someone's like, Hey Ben, have you seen this video? He goes, What? No, what's going on? <laughs> what? Show me this. What is this? Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I certified for seven days a week that pullout game week. What is pullout game? A couch? A pullout couch? Is it because they're, they're, they, don't, they don't have an actual bed? <sighs> yeah, you know he has like a text thread with his other racist friends where they're like into this video for like oh, no. weird, like, I don't know. Whatever he, it is. It sounds accurate, yeah. though. Yeah. I'm upset like by the, it, but I also believe it. He's like, you, you know, s- I, I love the custodial play lyrics. You know I'm into custodian play. <laughs> So when he when she said get that mop and bucket, I was like, <laughs> right away. Roger Stone is into the that sort of stuff. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Ben's got a, a real uh, second second side to his uh, interests that yeah. wouldn't be reflected. I mean, this is a character he plays. Like he there there's this somebody retweeted a whole collection of his tweets where he's like, uh, bend the brim of your hat and pull your damn pants up. Uh, like just the most, like not even dog whistling, but just like the most like old man racist old man racist takes, and it's just like, I mean, you can't actually like be that mad about that. But he's tweeted the same thing like eight times, so obviously he's just like he is a racism algorithm, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if he's shocked by these lyrics, he'll be shocked to find out what people were inspired by his words do. Uh, <laughs> right. We're talking about some dangerous shit out there. So, right. Um. Anyways, Joel, thank you so much for bringing this to our attention. Uh, you had to know. I did. What is something you think <laughs> is overrated? Underrated. Yeah, let's do yeah, that yeah. instead of another <laughs> overrated. Uh, um, ben Shapiro's rap game. <laughs> uh, Mick Jenkins, I think, is highly underrated, and I just want to be like, if you're in the mood for some conscious rap. That you maybe haven't heard before, that like sinks under your skin and like moves you, but is also just good as hell. Mick Jenkins is where it's at. Uh, I've been listening to Sunkissed, which is maybe the best song about being black ever written, aside from any song Beyonce sings about being black, which automatically is number one for me. <laughs> <Always> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, get into some Mick Jenkins if you uh, if you need that in your life, which you do. And finally, what is a myth? What's something people think is true you know to be false? Uh, so my brother and I have been looking at new cars a lot lately, and we always believed that if you got a red car, that your insurance would go up and you're more likely to be pulled over. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's a myth. That's not yeah. a real thing. Apparently white cars get pulled over the most, which I was like, why? We don't know why. That just happens. Uh, but get a red car and enjoy your life is what I'm saying. Wow. Mm. I had no idea. I definitely had heard that before. I also heard red cars just actually go faster is that true you know? <laughs> <laughs> like scientifically 
Scientifically, always. Yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. the fire trucks. Any any red vehicle is going at least 20 miles over the speed limit. The yeah. one I remember of that one was that like red cars got in more accidents. Huh. Oh, interesting. And I doubt that, that's true, too. And so that was like a thing where people talk about it. And I think people just were like, well, it's associated with more reckless behavior uh, but I don't know. They're, they're, uh, this is like this is like that shit that like people talk about in the early '90s and like ends right. up being like an accepted fact for like 30 years. And they're like, yeah. we should have looked it up. We should have just looked that one up. Google came sounds around like in big, 2000s. Sounds like big white car paint is behind this one. <laughs> big white, <laughs> big or white. the man? Yeah. That's right. All right, guys. Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And we're back. And over the weekend, uh, El Presidente managed to lick off a couple tweets talking about how he's saving the people from economic strife. Mm-hmm. And right at the buzzer, baby. Yeah, he's he got it in. <laughs> I I don't know. It seems like he's just trying to do this all via uh, executive executive order. order. You know, and yeah, doing yeah. the thing where it's like most of the time when these EOs happen, they're like these are all like legally dubious like you're again doing the thing where you're like okay well i know there's money in fema for hurricanes that's not going to be an issue this year so we'll take right. that money and move it over here and i was like you can't do that sir you can't do that can't do that or i mean you can say you you can say that but it's functionally very hard to do legally dubious sir so the things that he was out here is like i got a four-point plan to bring people back this is what's going on okay just give me a Quick bump real quick so I can get this uh, imagination off. The first one was deferring payroll taxes through the end of the year for Americans earning less than 100000 Then deferring student loan payments through the end of the year. Discouraging evictions. Oh, nice. Discouraging them. Uh -huh. Discourage the evictions. Don't make it illegal or actually you know, create some kind of language that actually will uh, prohibit any kind of evictions from happening. But- Discourage them mm -hmm. and uh, extend enhanced unemployment benefits for people, but at a reduced level of $400 instead of $600. So a lot of people are, first of all, like, I don't think the president can decide when these taxes are collected. Like, that's a whole other thing you're talking about, especially like not without Congress. What are you doing? Um, and so like, most people, their response to all of this is just like, OK, fine. But the thing that really makes it even shittier than normal well, it's all shitty. But even hearing his surrogates go out on like the shows to try and explain what these were to journalists and people who like read the EOs and trying to explain back was so painful. Larry Kudlow went on CNN and spoke to Dana Bash and Dana Bash is just trying to figure out what they mean by any of this. Like, what do you mean 1200? Who gets 1200? And was that over 400, 800? How's, how are those payments made up? Larry Kudlow cannot answer. Just listen to this and tell me how, how good you feel about our government. It's going to be a form of economic assistance. Probably you'll get $800 total, federal and state. And if we get it going September 1st, which is what the deadline looks like, that probably give uh, the workforce uh, an increase in wages. What, Basically, what do you mean it's a wage increase after total. tax. Uh, 
$1,200. Well, at, at, at a minimum, we will put in <laughs> 300 bucks, and the states will continue with their 400 bucks. But I think all they have to do is put up an extra dollar, and we'll be able to throw in uh, the extra $100. So it should be a total. It should be. May not be in every That's case, not... because as you know, we're talking <laughs> averages. Uh, okay. Some states That's higher, some master? states lower. But, but on average, Dana, it'll run to about $800. That's but about the $1,200 but the executive action wage says... increase. The executive action says $400 and that the state would pay 25% of this. You're talking about some other money that I don't know about. Well, we, you know, we will. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, yes, look, sir. Uh, again, very simple. Like Dana Bash, you could hear when she be like, uh, huh? But her right. face was sort of like this. He's just talking, well, at the very least, at least he's talking in $400 increments, 400, 800, 1200. So there's right. some logic to these numbers, but still very unclear, uh, like what that means. And the thing they were getting at is that there's this whole, like, you know, sort of plan to have the states put up a quarter of this $400 payment. So they would only have to put up a hundred. The federal government comes in with the additional 300 is what he was trying to describe. Like, and then they put in a dollar and then right. we're going to show up with a few more and you're making it make sure it's all taken care of. Dana. So that's all this is. And it's not even it's it's just a, another way for like the federal government to hold this over states who are like, oh, you can't pay that hundred. Oh, well, <laughs> wait, what are you doing over here? Blue state or whatever. It's just it's all nonsense. And the president, again, trying to take care, take credit for something that just doesn't really right. connect. One more like thing. Sorry? I feel like his executive orders are the equivalent of a tweet that ends. Maybe that's something. Is that something? <laughs> Oh yeah, it's not fully thought. thought or like, through. don't at me, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, don't at me. You get twelve hundred. Don't at me because yeah. I don't know what. But just don't at me because it will fall apart upon further examination. Uh, Peter Navarro later that day went on to NBC's Meet the Press, and I just want to play this thing about there's this whole thing about discouraging eviction, um, and the way that Peter Navarro like has. Uh, Chuck Todd starts it off. He's like, that doesn't seem good that you're just merely just like guy that's guidance. That doesn't actually stop anyone from doing it. And Peter Navarro comes through with the brilliant defense. Confident that every single one of those orders, which cleared through the office of legal counsel uh, will stand up. Uh, if you look, for example, uh, at the eviction uh, and foreclosure language uh, you, you, in your opener, there you noted the words shall consider well that's how you have to write it but everybody knows in that bureaucracy that you damn well should do it and they will mm. uh yeah uh-huh yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah it's i don't know yeah shall consider uh -huh. this the, any company shall consider being humane to its employees or whatever right. like this it's not that you, <laughs> you do that so you don't have to make them do it that's why right. you write it like that Right. So it's optional. It's not just that other countries have found a way to like support their communities through this trying time and preserve their economy, but the fact that like we we've done such large bailouts on massive scales for corporations, and I can't wrap my mind around not being able to offer the same things to the citizens of our country. Oh, it's very easy because then it becomes socialism when it's human cares and human needs that are met with government assistance. But, but if just, it's a faceless corporation, 
It's just, oh, I had to hook him up for but some other shit But we can't pay like corporations if our citizens don't have money in their pocket. Like, it's just, yeah. I try and understand it from, like, a just a stupid level. Like, if I don't go into the actual politics of it, and if I don't go into the actual math of it, but just when you have a society that's run off of uh, a place where you have to spend money in order to just be a living human being, I don't understand how we're supposed to make this it no one does and i think massive that's massive like, evictions are coming i can't believe there's no plan like every day i'm like oh i'm 30 maybe i well, should be the adult and have this, like solutions the cynical like, version is that the plan is for these people to go into foreclosure and then wealthier people who are liquid enough can come in and buy up all that all those houses or banks can buy them up and then rent them back to people who will not actually own them i mean like it's like it's just like a lot of wealth redistribution like, I feel like that's the only solution is that most of America will start to look like Skid Row in the next year and a half. I mean, so many. I mean, if you think about it, there's so many cities whose infrastructure has fallen by the wayside because of lack of funding, like at so many levels that it's not hard to see many places that already look like that. But, yeah, I think that's where, again, they I think because it's not as visible yet, it's easy to just sort of do have this like kick the can down the road mentality because none of these people for damn sure know anybody who's, you know underwater on like any kind of rent or mortgage or something and, and is in dire need of assistance yeah i i feel like visuals of like america looking like skid row like are not gonna are not gonna do the trick because it's so easy for the mainstream media to ignore any story that like really gets at the fundamental like flaws you know, of the country flaws of the country like that's i actually i wanted to talk about these two stories I don't know. I was just like taking a step back and looking at where we are with how the mainstream is covering them as related to kind of the when we first started talking about them, when the story kicked off. The two storylines being when people started protesting the lynching of George Floyd in the streets, if you had told them the net result would be that three and a half months later, the police and like police sympathizers, a.k.a. like pro-fascist causes would team up to beat protesters with impunity and the mainstream media would just kind of be turning the other way. Like that, that's just shocking. The, like it's just taking a stock of where we are on that story. It just seems like nobody pays attention as that is happening. Well, but like, But we talked about this when all this all the uprisings and unrest began, right? Is that systems like oppressive systems like this, the, the, they survive by the media not paying attention right. to it. So the only it, time we've gotten the media to pay attention was when there was looting of the stores, which is even the story in Chicago over the weekend, not about why people were protesting in the first place. Right. So that is not the headline. The headline is all the, uh, Oh, Chicago. Oh, Oh, What's going right. on over there? It's so disingenuous because at the end of the day, they all rely on each other to exist. Like the media ha can't get too sober eyed on what the issues are in this country or else people like then it, it, it stands to disrupt too many of the status quo, like industries and the way of doing business right now. Um, and, you know, I'm sure with like many companies too, there are plenty, plenty of people who work at jobs who are like, yeah, man, that BLM energy was 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 something and at the in the beginning of june uh and the shit evaporated within two weeks uh haven't heard anything since it's just mm -hmm. kind of one that's just sort of the pattern the rhythm of the country and i think that's why a lot of 
activists, black people, anyone who had really been keeping an eye on these kinds of issues were like, don't do the thing that's going to happen every time, which is like just a little bit of something and then mm -hmm. just enough to feel like we've done something to completely ignore it until it bubbles up again and we have to actually n not deal with it again. I mean, it's absolutely going to happen that way. Like we, we yeah. exist on a six year cyclical cycle of like, oh, here's the big bill that came out of the 60s and early, the civil rights bill. That civil was added act? to, yes, that was added like, Six years after that, we see one of the worst regressions of American culture. And you can see it in, like, like I, I'm a studier of, like, entertainment and the ways we interact with it. And, like, if you look at Song of the South, which is Disney's, like, very racist depiction of slave stories and slave narratives, uh, it has its biggest box office break in 1986 when it does reruns. And it's a very much a, like, t cultural touchstone of, like, what was happening population-wise and, and thought process-wise of, like, these people got too much freedom. Like, wouldn't it be great to go back to the day and experience a time when people knew their place and like slaves were happy to just have a job, which is just right. a crazy like. And it's then, like, I can't uh, believe it. I was just eating beans in the movie theater and this teenager yelled at me for eating beans in the theater. I just. <laughs> oh. It is it is the wildest thing to me. And I knew we were I knew we were fucked when um, day like three of massive protests were outside and we see a bunch of people at the Ritzy Mall in Beverly Hills, just eating, staring at us like we're crazy <laughs> for going to right. protest and they're having tea in the middle of a pandemic. And it was the most just jarring realization. And I think if it happened in Brooklyn, maybe three or four oh, weeks yeah, there ago. Were, there are some really interesting images of like the two Americas basically brushing shoulders, right? Yeah, pro shout outs to whoever was leading the, the protest rants at that time, because as they were passing, the very fancy diner full of only white people started chanting like gentra, gentra, gentrifiers at them as a crowd of black and brown people walked down the street protesting for their rights. Right. So it's to me, I like it's no justice, no brunch was another one I heard people. Oh, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> Burn them. Um, I. I kind of feel like I've turned more into my father who uh, 10 years ago when I was like, I got to protest and get in the streets. He's like, I don't understand what you're doing. And I was like, there's a protest for our rights and make change. He's like, they are not going to change, darling. And it's there's nothing at this stage that you can do other than try to, like, use the best of your light. You know, Toni Morrison, who, again, I've just been jiving with a lot lately, had the 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 forethought to go, hey, me trying to tell you why your thoughts are racist is a waste of time. And I feel like as like citizens, I love what you guys do. You guys are great at like bringing it down, explaining it to like the average everyday person. I feel like as as an American citizen right now, so many of us are just trying to get through. And the idea of moving away from I'm going to explain to you in detail why what you're doing is wrong, as opposed to spending my time. Toni Morrison spent her time editing the great uh, works of black people. So she like she did the Muhammad Ali story, which gave us a lot of inspiration going forward out of like being able to say no to our country when we believe in a righteous cause, things like that. So I don't know. That's I'm trying to do that in my own bubble as an artist, as a person working as a writer, is just doing my best to focus on illuminating the the good parts of us right. as a community. Because I, I think, Miles, that we don't have a choice but to go through this again and again and yeah. again. I think that's the American curse. The Yeah. And the well, and it's, again, even like I said, you know, begging white allies to help. Because, that again, it doesn't change until we reach, reach a tipping point of, of white people um, mm -hmm. also feeling just as enraged by this. And it's increasing. 
But Absolutely. by everything we're seeing, we haven't reached. We're not even close to that tipping point yet. Shout out um, to Portland, making it work, trying. Yeah, trying to, and then I yeah, but I, even to that Chicago story, another failure of the media to rather than saying, uh, uh-uh, let's as let's you know as you know whatever journalists, whatever whoever are journalists now, putting the focus on what is actually happening and being honest with ourselves about what we are as a country. Like the major, you know, mainstream media is just sort of like, oh, and that's happening there. I'm like, let's not get too into it. You know, it's like sort of like uncomfortable, like dinner conversation. We're mm-hmm. like, oh, what about your one son that like flunked out of school because they're partying too much? Like, let's not talk about that. Right. You know, you don't let's just look say it. he's yeah, like he's um he's exploring his options right, right now uh, rather than like saying like, you know, he doesn't have his shit together. Maybe we were indulging him and enabling him to not do much, but let's not really talk about that in the same way. Like the police will be like a group of police supporters rallied outside the courthouse. Like, no, these are cops who are also racist who came to help their friend out in court. Like the, you know, there's a lot of just euphemistic deracialized talk around things that are so inherently racial too, that it really can obscure like what the meaning is for a lot of people if they're not fully checked in. We saw that video of in the aftermath of one of the early uprisings of the cops talking to like people who were white supremacists or, you know, on the right, uh, just like telling them what their plan was and like where to be in order to yeah, the avoid getting cops. in trouble. Off duty, yeah, exactly. Fort Collins over the weekend, this past weekend, there was a back the blue rally. Uh, anti-racism protesters showed up to counter protest. They were chased two blocks, beaten severely by a gang of quote police supporters, and then the cops showed up and arrested the victims of the beating. That's the word we use now, huh? Police, because yeah. I guess police already means racist. So right. police, just rather than racist, well, police supporters, police support. Like what? What? Ugh. I mean, this is why I think if you remember a couple weeks back, there were a bunch of people like across the United States that were found hanging from trees. They were all black. And then quickly, as we have seen during quarantine, uh, speculation and rumor began to spread like, oh, there are like coordinated lynchings happening across the states. Uh, I'm not a big conspiracy theory person. I love reading about them, but I think oftentimes we're not that coordinated to pull off really grand conspiracies. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I understand why there was the the thought because it feels and especially if you're you've read a lot of history about lynchings there's a couple of really great books out there that have like first person eyewitness recounts from black communities about how they changed after like these lynchings happened it feels like we're days away it feels like we are days away from a public lynching that will most likely go unpunished as we've seen like as we've seen happen time and time again and it's 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 crazy because things are working the way that they're supposed to. And I think that's what's most frustrating about it. If you think about the cops and original intent to catch runaway slaves, if you think about who supports them and why, and if you think about the fact that America's been on the same cycle for years and years and years, it's just, it's a matter of time before we see it again. And it's, uh, state sanctioned lynchings have been happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I do feel strongly that there seems to be like less people impacted by it, less people seem to care. Yeah. I don't know if it's just fatigue of it happening and we're getting used to it or what, but there's mm-hmm. a consistent sort of experience of like the bad thing being done out in the open, the horrifying consequence happening as a result of that. And because it's so straightforward, like everyone's just like, yeah, I guess that happened. Like the, the, I, the other story that is totally different, but also feels similarly like, it's just been taken for granted that 
the fascists won this story is Russia interfering. Whatever your political leanings, if you believe the actual journalism from the ground, Trump's 2016 campaign at least benefited from interference by Russia. He won't admit that. Those two facts in any Democratic presidency would be between disqualifying and like defining. Uh, and it's just been kind of like I realized because Nancy Pelosi was talking about Russia interfering like a couple of days ago. And my initial reaction to that was, all right, move on, guys. Who cares? Like, it's an, <laughs> and it's just like, yo, like, we're yeah, just, because well, it, it's as, it's as wild as being like, I remember in the, in the, during the election when those right. stories started bubbling up. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, right. I remember the, sh I was gobsmacked at right. the notion that, one of a political, a presidential candidate was enlisting the help of a hostile, you know, whatever rival nation to get elected. And then in my mind, it's like one of those things you're like, damn, there's no way this country's gonna let that shit happen. Like, that just sounds like textbook anti America shit. You're gonna let Russia come in here and fuck everything? Really? Like, I felt like that was the one, you know, post World War II consistent sort of bogey country that like they could drum up fear of, like with Iran. Be like, oh, Russia too. And then right. China for economic reasons or whatever, but to, I could not believe. I was like, okay, well, that either that didn't happen or it happened, and they're going to sort that shit out because that is so antithetical to what I at the time thought how they're like what the guardrails were. But they were right. all they were, they were illusions. Yeah, and it, it is really hard to think now that we're just sort of like, yeah. I mean, at what point you know it's like it's like a truck hopped the curb and crashed through a gate into like uh like an elementary school and then got almost to like the kindergarten classrooms but there's so many tragedies happening along the way we don't know right. which one to address first like oh my god the driver was was asleep it's like yeah but then it hopped the gate and smashed through the wall I'm like oh my god the wall and then right. what about the kids like well it didn't get there i'm like wait but the driver was asleep it's like yeah but hold on it almost hit the kindergarten kids and you there's like so many steps that were like you know it's just so destabilizing yeah it's too, too many things all at once, but I mean, if you look at the Mueller report, like the shit that gets like described there is wild. It's just we moved on to the next overt uh, act of fascism by the Trump administration before we fully digested the Mueller report because the, you know, Ukraine uh, thing popped up. So Right. And then people were like, well, they lost that news cycle. And then that just became the story. That became I feel like, like yeah, it how almost, we digested that. More people, I think, also need to just get motivated to like, if you can serve in public office and you are, have the wherewithal to do that, consider it. You know, right. like, I feel like if if we had an inexhaustible, like just well of like qualified candidates to just like go in, get voted out, but like get shit done, you know, that's... <laughs> There are ways yeah, to, but most that I people don't have the funds like to be a candidate. You need to be like retired and have all of the time or be wealthy enough to have somebody supporting you or be the kind of person that's a boundless level of energy plus a support system that'll get you cut. Like it is. I mean, I think it's admirable to to like want to encourage people to go in, but there's still so many. I think to your previous point, there's just so many lines and boundaries to cross before we can like it feels like we can tackle any of the problems. And I know that's such a downer note, but I like, I've seen people go through, like my grandmother was mayor pro temp for her community for like 10 years. And I know how much money and how much like actual time. And if you're like a parent 
of two children and you have a full-time job and you need all of that to sustain everybody, how are you supposed to begin breaking into that process, you know? And on top of that, we have an education system that doesn't teach our children, like, how our government works. I think people who are going to go run for office, like, know they have the ability to do that. But I wouldn't necessarily get immediately discouraged by, like, the sort of, like phone book biopsy version that Jack talks about, like on Pod Save America, how like the DNC will be like, okay, who you got in your phone? Okay, you're too broke to run. Because there are, we've seen plenty of like real grassroots candidates at, like elevate and enter office without sort of the traditional infrastructure of like the moneyed industries behind it. All that to say is there's, we're seeing multiple versions of what politicians are and the people who enter politics. There are the people who are just like, I want to be the most popular person in my part of the state and run for office or like we just need more purpose driven things because there are far too few people there are far few people not enough people who are able to at least just cut through all the dumb like wonk speak and like talking points and just get to the heart of the matter about like we're hurting like we're hurting and not, none of y'all give a shit Right. Listening to the BLM uh, meetings with like the LA City Council has been rather uplifting because those mm -hmm. are people that are not just uh, politicians but active community members where I find myself turning more and more to be like how do we actually incite action in not just like a manageable way but in a tangible way. I think so many yeah. times like we got this big thing passed and people are like when do I personally feel the impact of that change and it won't be for a very long time so to see like a lot of citizens who are connected who have worked together to make very clear statements about like what does it mean to defund the police and how they intend to like move this particular city forward i think it, that's been the most uplifting thing to come out of this quarantine set of politics we've been under someone should make a podcast that's like about how to affect Stop. change <laughs> <laughs> oh wait joelle you're working Almost. on one right now i what? did i did you can like, listen what is to how power? to citizen <laughs> uh yeah we've got we're having a moment with baritone thurston who's much smarter about these things than i am and is a, a member of his community and connected to a lot of strong voices if you want to understand how we reach this political moment and then august 27th we'll be dropping at least the first two episodes maybe the first three of uh how to citizen which is his next podcast which is like part salon, part Q&A interview aspect of like, what does it mean to be a citizen in America? I'm yeah. learning a lot from him. He's helping me be less of a downer about where our country is at. There's a lot to be inspired yeah. by there. And I know a lot of people are like, yo, this shit, shit is getting mad doomer up in here. Uh, you, you know, how to citizen and like the way Baratunde talks about the issues that are going on, even his like point of view is very um, refreshing. So yeah, at the very least, you check out we're having a moment. And this has turned into a very organic plug uh, for the iHeart Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs> Paying bills. But yeah, it does it does connect it to like actual yeah. things that you can do. And yes. it's brought to you by Pepsi, the choice of a now. Uh, <laughs> right. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. And we're back. And one story I wanted to check in with real quick. Well, two. So the FEC commissioner said there's a substantial chance of no election night results this year. Mm. So just that's something to mentally gird yourself for. 
and then uh, the which I ju- mean isn't isn't a bad thing. They're just saying there's just right. going to be so many mail in people now with the pandemic. It's just like how even the midterms and like Paul Ryan was like, <laughs> I mean, I thought we'd. I thought we were in the lead before right. these like votes got counted. <laughs> right. But the, remember how that story s- started to go out as the where was the blue wave? And it took like a month before right. and they're like, people right here, fully full. were like, yeah, there was a blue wave. Like the story was not fully. And like people, there were uh, races that were getting overturned. If something like that happens where Trump's up and then like, votes are coming in late for Biden that uh, give him the win. I think we're in some real trouble as a country because that that will be litigated to hell. And then uh, just one other uh, doomy gloomy story before we get to uh, Carol Baskin uh, <laughs> is just that that's Georgia school that reopened with all those wild images. They have, I think, nine cases uh, that have been announced already. And the student uh, who was suspended for taking those pictures is now getting threats. Uh, so shout out to uh, that whole wave. Threats for a photo in a high school hallway? What? Yeah. Yep. Because like, you know, it's just everything. Anything that threatens to disrupt this idealized like version of like Trump's reality that some people have just full on bought into because like that's the last like soothing blanket they have to wrap themselves in while everything is falling apart so it's like don't don't come at me with your takes about how this might be wrong so like even a student who's brave enough not even brave just being like yo i'm at risk look at this shit i'm 15 this is the internet this is how we do shit like that that is now seen as someone who needs to be threatened just shows you how fragile the mindset is for a lot of the supporters because anything that disrupts that is like like, no, you're threatening my existence now by taking a photo in a high school because that means that Dr. Fauci was right and then that means Dr. Donald Trump is wrong and then if he's wrong, what am I wrong about? No, 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 no. Fuck you, 15-year-old child. I'm threatening you. And it's like, ooh, ooh. That is crazy. I lot. really thought the worst thing we have to deal with was being uh, suspended, which I was like, what are you doing, school? That's crazy. Um, right. <laughs> I know they lifted, I know they lifted that, but it's just, I, what, what did you expect? Children have phones. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, and, and of course everybody's going to be like, there's With a, some we're in the middle of a pandemic. On. I don't, oh man, man. It's crazy to me that people are like, it's not worth protecting the children or the teachers that work there. Get back to work. <laughs> Things to right. do. And yeah, in, in standard, you know, Fox news tactic for dealing with any sort of, uh, nightmarish behavior uh, uh, that's coming from their side. You know, they they freak out and talk about like Tucker Carlson made up a story where the New York Times was going to dox him. Got the New York <laughs> Times reporter doxed. Uh, but yeah. these, oh. you know, the the right really is going in hard on doxing anybody who you know is revealing some fundamental fracture in their you know the the validity of their uh, worldview such as like Fauci's daughters and and family. It's the same thing. Like if you like really fucked with Jinko jeans and you still wear Jinko jeans and there are some anybody who is be like, yo, dude, them shits are whack. You're going to not fuck with that person. Like you're not going <laughs> to hang out with them. And you're probably going to surround yourself with other Jinko jean wearing motherfuckers or Jinko jean enablers. Right. Much in the same way with like their racism and things like that. It's like, wait, you want to make me self-aware about my racism? Get the fuck over there. Because right. I need to go to my soothing place 
of racist enablers and fellow racists so we can continue to be like, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is the ticket. Jinko jeans. Yeah, it's just Jinko jeans are cool. So that that is a big difference. Yeah, okay. So I, I could have picked a yeah, Sorry. I could have picked a better one. So right. uh, I'll say uh a penicillin. Okay. Uh right. cuz that's bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well let's talk about Carol Baskin, guys. Uh-oh. Uh it's it's time to check back in uh <laughs> with uh her take on that the... no one asked for. Uh, well, you know, you don't you don't read my journal, so you don't know. Yeah, that's true. But uh, she had some thoughts on the WAP video. <laughs> she really did. Because uh, yeah, the video had everything. Uh, you know, co- unnecessary cameos from Kylie Jenner. Just walking. Mm. Uh, mm. Boob fountains. We talked about that. Twerking. Love them. Uh, mm. And exotic cats. Enter Carol Baskin. So her take is on, in the video, you see some exotic cats. I believe some tigers and shit. Clearly, um, the video was not shot in a real palace with all that shit in there. It uh, most definitely was shot on a green screen. Uh, So she says, when talking about the cats, quote, "Uh, my guess is that most people won't even see the Photoshopped cats in the scenes because the rest of it is so lurid. (laughs) Oh, Carol. So she starts it. And it's like, I was happy to see that it does appear to all be Photoshopped, green screened. Um, It didn't look like the cats were really in the rooms with the singers. In fact, probably most of the rooms were photoshopped in via green screen. All right. Thank this you. Is where I, get so most, I get most of my behind the scenes uh, insider <laughs> info from Carol Baskin. Yeah. She gives really good uh, insight into you know, she, how they accomplish all these different things. She basically dragged George Lucas into starting Industrial Light and Magic. Right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like changing visual effects. She was like, you can't just photoshop all this stuff. You know, you can't just Photoshop <laughs> on, this, this Star Destroyer, George, into your movie films. So the next thing she said uh, is like, okay, thank God they're green screen then. But that being said, you have, to, you, you have to pose a wildcat in front of a green screen to get that image. And that doesn't happen in the wild. Okay, so it can't happen in sanctuaries like ours where cats have plenty of room to avoid a green screen. And then she puts a parenthetical or would shred it if offered access and could die from ingesting it. That tells me they probably dealt with one of the big cat pimps who makes a living from beating, shocking and starving cats to make them stand in front of a green screen. That's Hmm. sort of it. Uh, But I like how she was at least raising awareness of green screen ingestion, the risks of green screen ingestion for wild cats. Um, because you know, those darn cats, like every cartoon I remember, they would just be eating, shredding up that chroma key green sheet for a green screen. Always, always. Uh, that's, I mean, that's great to hear that she's out here kind of piecing all that information together. Yeah. Um, That's why it feels like a non comment. Like all she said was like, yeah, that looks like green screen and I don't like that. And I'm good to cats. I'll say that. And they won't eat my green screens. Can I go now? I'm Carol Baskin. <laughs> now that Carol Baskin has proven her expertise in Photoshop, do you think the police have to like go back over her records when they <laughs> open the case about her husband? She's <laughs> <laughs> looking at those documents. Right, right, right. right. She's, like, she's, like, hey. she's amazing, actually. Like she is skilled. <laughs> she really pulled one, pulled a fast one on us. But yeah, it's. Uh, I was hoping she when she said lurid, I'm like, ooh, come on, no, 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 the, avoid the cats. Now <laughs> I want to hear Carol Baskin's like conservative lady take on the wet video. <laughs> like I can't see now. What is that viewing like? Where you know we know what Ben Shapiro's is. It was in secret, and he was he was feeling the video. But Carol Baskin was she just did she just see the cat, and then the rest of the time she was like, oh no, 
It's one of the big right. cat pimps. No, I think Carol was really excited about the leopard zebra print. Or no, it wasn't even zebra. It was like a white tiger print stuff. Because, you know, she'd be wearing yeah. the patterns. And I think she was like, look at this style inspo. Oh my, you know, yeah. she was ready. She was like, I really need like my white leopard bustier. I have to yeah. get in on that fashion game. She's about to go on Wish and buy the wild Chinese knockoff <laughs> version. And then she's going to like her husband. She's like, honey, get get your mop and bucket out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, the, I love that print from the video. To her credit, she's. I did not remember that there were wildcats in the video. Uh, and I'm still not totally sure that's accurate. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I see white, white tiger. There it is. I think they're like almost so purely like it's just one has just been inverted to create right. that symmetry where I'm like, yeah, they they got out of that, uh, that one shot. Yeah. This is the equivalent of like. Your local snake guy being like, those snakes didn't look healthy that were on their body <laughs> yeah. in that one scene. I think those, uh, yeah, they were the ones that they were actually on set for, as they right. said in their interviews, because them shits were scary, apparently. But that is by no means picking a fight with snake people. Uh, shout out to y'all. I know Uh-oh. you're terrifying. and uh, don't, don't fuck with snake Twitter. They'll come in your mentions like a soccer player who just switched teams. That's like the thing they always do. The snake, you fucking snake. Anyway, sorry. Snake Twitter. Let's talk. Taylor Swift Twitter. Everyone, this is this. I just love when people really go in on the snake emoji because like. People who like try and fuck with you with that snake emoji, they really feel like that's really tearing you down. That's a like the volume They're of snakes. Empowered. Listen, I get it. Go off. Enjoy. We do it to like snake- soccer players who like who, like Robin Van Persie who played for Arsenal. He went to Manchester United. That's a no no. So you're gonna get <laughs> all up in your in your fucking mentions. So intimidating. Ooh. It's violence, if you ask me. Uh absolutely. What do you think is the what what would be an unnerving emoji to get? Like Ooh. just to get in mass, yeah. Because oh, like, I'm like the snake's too cute. I feel mm. like there's something like just more simple that is like actually like, oh, I don't know that. You know what? Credit to you, you freaked me out. I feel like the violins because most horror scores are led by violins. I just feel like oh, why shit. why are violins coming for me or violinists? Those people are dedicated to their craft. That's a lot of hours you got to put in. Right. I'm definitely petrified of violin community. <laughs> Or if someone just hits you with like the the fried shrimp one over and over, what are you trying to say? <laughs> fuck, am I fried? Am I? Do I have an exoskeleton on my exterior? <laughs> what is this? Uh, let's go. Let's check in with Disney because uh, we are always, you know, concerned about yeah, our absolutely. future uh, overlord. What what is going on? They we knew that they opened a few weeks back. Uh, I'd seen some uh, photo journals of people's days at the on on various Disney rides that looked yeah. creepy uh, and not fun. But I, I'm assuming that you know there there's enough Disney fans out there to have made this a, a rousing success. Well, yeah, that was like the fear I think a lot of people had. Uh, but it turns out that might not be it. It tr- so. Uh, Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios are now closing an hour earlier every day. Epcot and Disney World, uh, Epcot and then Animal Kingdom are like have their hours cut down by two hours. 
And this is going to start at the beginning of next month, like through October, TBD kind of thing. And then like on an earnings call, because, hey, that's where that's where the real decisions are made, whether or not to treat people humanely. On this earnings call, they were like, uh, we lost three and a half billion dollars from the parks being shut down. And you hate to see it. I mean, where is Disney going to come up with that kind of money? You'd never know where it could come from. So they're really struggling. Thoughts and prayers. So they, yeah, it just turns out that surprisingly, there are far less people who are as reckless as we all thought there would be. Cause like we thought it was like, Oh shit, here we go. Like people are just going to go. But I think it, when you really think about it with the amount of international travel that's cut down for like the kinds of people who would go there or people who would fly across country to make that a trip, you're now just sort of like limiting yourselves to like pandemic deniers who live within driving distance of, you know, the park. Right. Which to be fair, I know Disney banks a lot on its like local pass holder community to like sort of cover its base. Um, if you've ever been to Disney out here in Southern California, oh, you yeah. know, it's a lot of families favorite place on earth. And it's a fun time. I'm not going to lie. There's liquor there. It's a dream. Yeah. Um, but listen, I will say, that, OK, so about Disney parks being open. One, the dystopian footage has been way cool. Did you see the horse almost take out Merida? Yeah. Like two weeks ago, that shit yeah. was wild. I was like, it's really happening. Like they had the balloon on its legs. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Like, hey, we're getting so close to the to a zombie apocalypse like feel. Because I think this is maybe the closest knock wood. This is the closest. Sorry, ever explain be to, this like, to me. What happened? Okay. So sometimes <laughs> the Disney shit. characters will be like riding through the park. Right. So Merida on a horse. Is, yeah. Right. Merida's a princess from uh, Brave. That's a Disney Pixar princess. And she's on the horse and she has there's two people on either side, like leading the horse. So it's supposed to be like a safety thing. Something spooks the horse and it starts bucking. And the actress on the back is she's doing her best to stay in character. She's like, right. whoa, OK. And then yeah. she like jumps down in her very princess <laughs> way. But then things get weird because now it's bucking and like rearing its back legs. So she's like hoofing it. The guys are like trying to hold the horse down. And you're just like, this place should not be open. The yeah. horse knows he's aware it's a scary environment. And then it, it was like, like a child's balloon got let go. So then, <laughs> Is that the, what it? yeah, and it was like one of those mylar balloons that had like a like a like a weight at the end of the ribbon. So like you know, it's sort of hard for like a kid to like completely fuck their day up and let go. So, but the wind carried like this basically was like a bolo, like old school hunting like leg <laughs> snare that was like got caught in the horse's legs, and you're like, oh, because you see the dad like, oh shit, he like realizes it's like gone. He's like, fuck, fuck, and then the horse starts bucking. He's like, oh shit, I don't know what happened there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it really is the local pass holder thing, man. I used, I thought AP was a gang when I saw those bumper stickers out here. I was like, who the fuck is AP? Like, I remember AP from like, that used to be Asian pride, like the nineties gang in the San Gabriel Valley. I'm like, what is they're back? And then you would see like the mouse head and you're like, okay, this is for annual pass holders. Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't realize that was like some, it got that heavy. But. They are a bit of a gang, man. They know all the territories that you should hit and when to stay out of certain areas. They're familiar with the entire menu. And they're like the weird thing, uh, the weirdest video out of the Disney World reopening was they released limited edition merch, which is how you get a lot of annual pass holders to come on like a busy weekend where they typically wouldn't come. They're like, here's new merch. Bye, bye, bye. Uh, you only get it now and you need to fill out your Disney collectibles. That store was great. People were like piling on top of each other to get a T-shirt. It's not even like that. welcome home or some shit. It wasn't even a good shirt. I was yeah. like, Disney has great merch. That wasn't it. I don't understand 
anything about why you would come to this park unless you were there specifically to get drone footage of what it would look like if we actually had a zombie apocalypse. Thank you to those people who risked their lives and gave me some great Twitter content. I really appreciated it. <laughs> I do wonder what the white rabbits are up to right now. The, oh, the yeah. gang that roams yeah. Disneyland and like takes out other gangs. Yeah, people. we never got to the bottom of what happened with that legal dispute because the gangs were like suing each other in court. Yeah. A while ago. We need to just start our own Disneyland gang. I mean, like, we already got a Zeit gang, so, like, let's just take it to Disney. You know what I mean? And then, like, be like, you know how racist this ride is, fam? Get off of here. (laughs) Which park do you guys own? I see you guys uh, fucking heavy with, like, Tomorrowland, maybe. They've got Mm. the good Toy Story rides over there. Yeah, maybe. And I like the, what is it? What's the pizza place? Uh, Pizza Port? Pizza Planet? Yeah, or Pizza Planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fuck with Pizza Planet. All right, Um, all right. I like I the eat cars there, area, but, but I also like overrun. I like a little blue bayou. You know, I'm not gonna lie. You know, <gasps> it's, it's a peaceful like a, spot. You can't go wrong. Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly, Mm-mm. and I can eat my sourdough bread bowl, clown chowder in peace. <laughs> and I, yes, I eat the whole bowl. I'm not some fucking wasteful <laughs> wastrel who will only eat the chowder and then toss a fully fine sourdough bowl out. No, sir. We are going to. I'm sorry. You gonna, y'all going to have to wait 45 minutes for me to eat this whole thing. I don't care yeah. how hot it is. We're here in August. You eat the bowl first, which yeah, is really, it's very it's messy. really impressive. Yeah. I eat it like God. an apple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like an apple is just pouring down your shirt. Oh, yeah. I mean, as making the. Yeah, exactly. What's the, what's that one? Uh, Get your whiskers uh, wet. Yeah. Uh, as Megan the Stallion but... says, in, <laughs> uh, gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side of me. <laughs> How I be eating that sourdough bread bowl. <laughs> oh my God. You see Bless the bread bowl saying that... that to you when you buy Yeah, it's it. like, gobble me, swallow me, drip down the side. I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sourdough bread bowl. Don't mind if I do. Yep. Sorry, Joel, what were you saying? Uh, somebody, somebody took the uncensored version of the music and put it over the video so we could enjoy it as it was meant to be enjoyed because you there cannot understand what Megan the Stallion is saying in the censored version. No, you can't get into the jam. No, if he, exactly. every other word is bleeped out, it's very annoying. Mm. And it's nobody, nobody's life got messed up because they heard the explicit version. You know what I mean? Ben Shapiro's ben Shapiro, did. He was yeah. unprepared. Well, that's because he was not engaging with this material at a younger age. See, that's right. the problem. What was Miles back in the day? BET used to do a basement show. Uncut, uncut, uncut. Thank you. Uncut. How did he miss the uncut era? How? Because this is. I was telling. I was when Jack and I were watching. I was like, yeah, this is like some uncut shit. Mm -hmm. Like this used to be. I remember the fucking put it on the glass video. I was like, what is going on? I'm a child, but also uh, people don't know they're asleep. I'm put to channel seventy (laughs) four. It really, yeah. The. We used to have that repository for videos Mm -hmm. just too. This isn't even in a strip club, okay? You don't you don't know what filth is. This is very tame. They're owning their own shit. Like, what's the problem here? Right. (laughs) And I should have been like, excuse me, Carol Baskin, cat pimp. I mean, let's change let's change that terminology a little bit. Right. Yeah, seriously. Work on that, Carol. Yeah, Uh, work on that, Carol. (laughs) Aside from covering the murders. Well, Joel, (laughs) it is a pleasure having you. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you and follow you? Uh, yeah, I'm Joel Monique. You can find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. Mm. Uh, and you do have a hit show that you uh, made reference to earlier. What 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 is that? Tell us about that. Come check out Fake Doctors, Real Friends. I almost did uh, Donald Faison's Oprah voice, which is a classic, and you can hear it every week. 
when we take on a fan call. It's a Scrubs rewatch show with Zach and Donald, the stars of Scrubs. And uh, yeah, we watch one episode, two episodes a week, and then they sort of recap the episode, but mostly they're talking about their lives and weird things going on in the world. And uh, sometimes we get really cool behind the scenes stories about Oliver Stone from John C. McGinley. Uh, Bill Lawrence, the creator, comes on a lot, and he tells us all about what he was thinking in the writer's room. Uh, yeah. It's a lovely, fun show. Daniel, who all of your fans know, is also on the show. He lends his brilliant voice to it. Um, I love it. It's so great. Hey there, cutie. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just came back in the room. to Looking like a, a precious a cherub. Look. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and you get to hear some Joelle on there as well. Yeah. A little uh, bit. A little bit. A little bit. Is there a tweet or some other work of social yes. media you've been enjoying? This morning, Kiki Palmer tweeted, if I started a millennial view, who would you have on the panel? And I was ready. I was like, <laughs> I'm seriously going to message her and be like, so call me at iHeart. What can we do right. for you? Kiki yeah. Palmer is everything to me. She is uh, the icon, the goddess. She's from Illinois, so she gets the culture. Um, but also she's funny. She has a southern alter ego. She has pop albums and she used to have a talk show that's gone now so i get why she's pivoting to a view like status she's ready kiki if you're asking me i think jordan woods would be good on camera doing like opinion takes if not i bet she's a good interviewer if she's not i can make her a good interviewer how do we make this happen kiki palmer i want to see your version of the view i bet it would be amazing oh yeah yeah i'm a big fan too I, uh, yeah you loved her in the old guard <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm an idiot. I, I, call it I can see Jack could see me smiling like I was about to remember that the whole time. I, Jack was clocking I me in the Zoom looking. call. He I was wasn't like, even looking. Oh, boy. Ooh. I got it messed up. I got it messed up. I'm old. I'm old. I am old as fuck. And is that the same Kiki from the Drake, the Drake song? <laughs> oh, no. Is she riding? And does, uh -huh. he lo does she love him? Oh my God. That's all so believable. I'm sure our audience is going to be like, You know, somebody was that. like, Is that the same Kiki from Kiki? Do you love me? Are you riding? This you? Uh, Send it to her. Um, Miles, where can people find you? What's the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh man, Twitter, Instagram, uh, sometimes PlayStation Network, Miles of Gray. I realize that some people aggressively misspell my name, but get my handle right, which is really upsetting because I guess it autofills. It's M I L E S G R A Y. People, uh, this don't worry about to, it. Let's just let's yeah. just get past Jack. You know we Am paid too much. We paid too much in therapy to deal with this on air. Okay, just tired <sighs> of it, Miles. Just sick of it. Just absolutely. They do it to my wife too. It. They think her name is S A R A. Well, actually, I'm not going to talk about her. But they do it to my wife too, and it's annoying. Uh, my wife. So my let's wife. now talk about. Oh, also my other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. You watch 90 Day Fiance? You like it? You want to hear some of my takes on it with Sophia Alexander? Well, he's on Hop grass. In that one. On grass. On that loud. On that gas. <laughs> that thing on that on that dead body because it's stinking. That front row at the Lake Show because it's Jack Nicholson. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we used to call that shit. Nicknames for drugs. Anyway, some tweets that I like. Uh, first one's from past guest Alan Strickland Williams at Totally Alan. He tweeted, Gary wet ass Busey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, my God. It's so stupid. And then, uh, and then uh, at Helen, she said, If you have Flappy Bird on your phone, don't delete it or you can't get it back. I just love that because that's a tweet from what? five fucking years ago basically when flappy bird people were buying phones that had flappy bird still on it so they could play the game Woo! 
Wait, they got rid of that Oh, one. yeah, that's right. They did get rid of that game, didn't they? Or it may have come back or whatever. But I remember at the time, it was like the most coveted app that people were just buying phones because they still had whatever. So shout out to also a terrible reality. <laughs> uh, some tweets I've been enjoying at Brennan Baller tweeted, teachers used to really have beef with me like, bro, I'm 12. <laughs> Yo, same. Oh, what the fuck was wrong? This one teacher with y'all. Uh, oh, I would say her name out loud, but I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. I still hate mine to this day, too, Miles. After to this day. day. <laughs> uh, Vanessa Gritton, uh, Zeitgang guest, hilarious human, tweeted: "Bidets have two settings: Neptune's playful kiss, and you are a hand puppet now." <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter, Jack oh, underscore shit. O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. footnotes. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as the song we ride out on. Miles, what are we riding out on today? We are going to go out on a track originally by Two Door Cinema Club but remixed by Brazilian like electro DJ group, the 12s. They were popping like years ago and I was really fucking with all their like remixes, like sort of quasi disco remixes. Um, but in this one, they're taking, you know, I don't know how much of a two door cinema club fan you are. I wasn't that big into it, but this 12s remix is really dope. It's just got a lot of, you know, it, I think earlier in the week, we got to have the energy hype. And then, like, we start coasting into the weekend. So this one's still a little bit of hype, a little toe tapping. Uh, shout out to the people who send me multiple clips of Little Richard talking about making your big toe shoot up in my boot. Uh, he, he said it in multiple interviews, but the one I always reference, search uh, Little Richard, Jimi Hendrix. And that's where he, you see him flying off of some Woo! W-H-I-T-E. Okay. That Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that front, lo- front row at the Lake Show. <laughs> uh, all right, well... I forgot to have oh. the thing pulled up. Oh, sorry. I didn't even say the song. Uh, and yes, rightly so. Super producer Anna Posnier points out, what's the name of the song? It's called Something Good Can Work by Tudor Cinema Club featuring the 12s. Something Good Can Work. And you know what? It's available where most of your tracks are. No no, sp- no SoundCloud stuff this time. Mm. That sounds like something I would say while I, like a sentence that I started while I was half asleep. Something yeah. good can work. Or that sounds like a thing where like your junior high basketball coach says when he's driving the van to your game. <laughs> and it's like and one of the kids in the back seat has the aux cable and they're like, no more of that SoundCloud stuff, guys. What the heck is that? All right. Well, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for this morning, guys. We'll be back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. This is going to really work, you know. You got to step up your game to make it to the top. So go, oh.